0: This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening for what God has in store for you in this episode and that it helps change your life for the better, in Jesus' name. Enjoy.
1: And welcome to Holy Baptist Church this morning. Um, I'm Jen and I'm Sue Um, you are very 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 welcome we are starting the first in a new series called Church Rebranded today and Daz is going to be talking to us about that I'm just gonna check what it's called this morning this morning it's called we have a problem Houston Houston we have a problem Um, and it's looking at it well what do you think is church a brand do we have a problem and what is the problem Mm. Um, so we're hoping that Daz is going to answer some of those questions later but yes, yeah, so what brands do you like? And are you loyal to that particular brand? So, you were, we were talking about this a few moments ago. We were you were actually. like, no, I'm not.
2: I, 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 I think I <laughs> was no thinking, brand. but actually, as you were saying it now, I was thinking, well, actually, I buy Heinz baked beans rather than the shop version of baked oh. beans. Stuff like that. Because I think we were talking previously, of, well, nor do I really do <laughs> Whether the Heinz or version. But I think we were talking about clothing. Cause you yeah, like the DMs. I like
1: Dr. Martin boots, it has to be said. And Other
2: boots are available and <laughs> um, clothes. Um, I, I do like things like Fat Face and yeah, um, so you do. So you might not be loyal to a no, clothing but brand, but when you find something it, exactly. you like, I think yeah. when you find
1: something that fits you well or you like, and you know that when I mean, I tend to with clothing brands, I have to be honest, I will go to the shop. Where I fit in a smaller size, even though that's <laughs> truly that size. So, for example, if I go into a shop and I go, "Oh, this size
2: is a little bit big on me," great, I can try the size. While well, I'm coming back to this shop, so yes. it's, that's clever yes. marketing. that's, very that's very probably marketing. what they do. Yeah. I think in an extreme, I was just thinking of someone I know who likes VW cars. And Literally, actually, that's
1: it. That's it. Actually, do you know my family? My, my parents are a bit like that with Ford. Really? Yes, yeah, they won't. So sort of, they haven't ever wavered that I'm aware system, of yeah. from Ford. Yeah. So yeah, it can get a bit. Mm. branding gets everywhere. And that's yeah. that's actually quite true. And that's, that's interesting, group, isn't yeah. it? Because actually I think even, you know, um organizations create their brand, mm. don't they? And that's mm. what I think is we're trying that's going to be thinking yeah. about is like what has the church yeah. brand become and yeah. is it the right brand for church?
0: Lord Jesus, we thank you for your church. We pray today that you will bless your church with the message. Um, that you've given me uh, and that I'm going to uh, sort of speak today. Lord, keep me from error. Lord, keep me to your word. Help me to be honest um, and constructive. And I just pray that you open our hearts to hear um, where we can represent you better and be the best followers of you we can be. You have shown us a way. Help us to find that way and bless the world with knowledge of you and our love for you. Amen. Amen. So we are starting. A new sermon series, uh, potentially contentious title, The Church Rebranded. And I don't know about you, but I, I sort of have a love-hate relationship with adverts. I sort of hate the fact that you have to watch them, but some adverts I just love. And I'm fascinated by how companies and organizations create a, a brand, um, you know, this a sort of a, a, a specific voice or a culture that they want to represent. And then they communicate that and they sort of brand themselves. Um, And I like that as part is, you know, part of our church life is to have a a brand and part of the global church life is to have a brand of doing Christianity Um, here at HBC. I think we I think people like us. I think people like our brand. Um, And that's important. You look at like let's think of some companies who have brands. So. We'll click on. Nike is probably one of the most recognizable brands in the world. Anywhere you go you see someone wearing a T-shirt or a pair of trainers with a Nike swoosh on it. My cousin works for Nike, and she says it's not tick, as it's a swoosh. Get it right. Um, and this, it was, the company started with some guy back in the seventies. I can't remember what his name was. I did look it up. Um, he wanted to create a shoe that could that would you could run on an artificial surface with because everybody ran on grass or they wore spikes on their feet to run. He wanted to create a new type of shoe that could run on artificial surfaces where He did not need spikes, um, and he's just sitting around with his wife over breakfast one day and. She's making waffles or something and he's sees the waffle line and he uses this waffle line to create a rubber sole shoes that are really grippy and that people can run on things and, and like innovates the world of running. And Nike to this day still are innovating the, the running like shoe world, I think. Um, uh, and people will wear the Nike swoosh because they want to associate themselves with this brand of people who take their athleticism and their running and their sports seriously. They think, I know what Nike's about i want to wear that brand. Um, and it's important for organizations to have a brand and it's important to, to stick to their brand as well, to remember the main reason that they exist. Hopefully in kindness here, I'm going with this. Um, I don't know if anybody recognizes these, plastic bricks made by Lego. Lego um, make plastic bricks. But in the late 90s, and I just about remember, Um, some of these things. They became obsessed with expanding their brand um, and they wanted to make some like new stuff. So they started, um, I mean, it sounds like a good idea, but in reality, they started making new sort of um, pre-built like block systems. They started releasing uh, action figures, like to kind of compete with the man. And what was the other guy? G.I. Joe, stuff like that. Um, But by 2003, so they did this for a little while. By 2003, they were, they were producing and selling toys at a, like a market loss of $300 million a year. They projected next year they're gonna start losing $400 million. Um, so they're like, this is not working. They changed the CEO. This guy comes in with this crazy idea. It's like, hey, let's, let's ask the kids like what they actually wanna play with from us. Like what could we make that they wanna play with? And it turns out they didn't want like fancy pre-built sets. They didn't want action figures. They could get that somewhere else. They wanted to just build stuff out of bricks. That's what they wanted from Lego. So they binned off all the new stuff they were doing. They went back to what they you know, got sort of known for, like selling sets of bricks that you can build into fun stuff. Um, and they released this whole ad campaign. I tried to find it. I remember seeing an advert and they had like um, two bricks like that. And then the shadow coming off, it was an airplane. Um, and they they just like, so like we're all about imagination and encouraging imagination through creativity. And they completely turned around now, I think um, the biggest toy company in the whole world. So. They, they went back to the reason they existed. They readdressed their brand um, and stuck to it. And they became more successful by doing that. What's that got to do with today? What on earth are we talking about this? Um, we're talking about branding. When I talk about, when we talk in this series about rebranding the church, don't panic. We're not going to say, like, we're going to do all this new stuff and rebrand as, like, so we're going to go back to the original brand that Jesus gave us 2,000 years ago. Um, as a people because I think at the moment when people think of the Christian church, I'm talking globally at the moment, um, it could be said that we have a brand and that maybe our brand is in trouble a little bit. Here's the numbers from the 2021 census in the UK here. Um, And you'll see, I don't know if you can see, but the, the top bit is the two lines. The 2011 census is the gray part. 2021 is the blue part. And the people the number of people that decided to write down "I am like a associate myself with Christianity," dropped by like about ten percent i can 't see the numbers from here. It was a lot um for the first time ever in the history of this country, it was below fifty percent of the population wanted to say they're a Christian um, and the number of people associated with having no religion went up by about the same number. I took out all the other religions because they sort stayed about the same, and the table was basically too big in truth um but we have a brand and i think you know, people are less likely at the moment to associate with christianity and there's also research that shows i don't think i put that one on no i didn't come to that in a second um that many of the mainstream christian denominations the baptist the uh, church of england and all the uh, the big ones are sort of also slowly declining and then in so many years time the doom and gloom people will tell you they're going to die out uh, and this sort of dropout with willingness to be associated with christianity is highest among the younger generations, people younger than me as well. Um, uh, and there's this, I think there's a sense of like growing mistrust in establishments, in big organizations. Um, the Christianity has, has a bit of a bad rap in history when you think about the Crusades, um, things like that. Um, you know, we've, we've got a bit of a problem. I think that's my message today, is there's a bit of a problem with our brand and we need to readdress the balance. Because Jesus set us up as a group of people who are all about love. That should be what our kind of brand is. And you can't really read that. Oh, no, you can read it better on that screen. That's good. Um, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's the greatest commandment. And the second is this. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. That was his golden rule. So love God, love other people. That's what we're about as an organization, as an entity, as followers of Jesus. And he said, by this, this is another part in, in John, he said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus is all about love. That was his brand. And I'm not sure everybody thinks, maybe even in this room of the Christian church as first and foremost, a loving community which is uncomfortable for me to say as a Christian leader. But I think, I think it's true. Um, certainly when I think about my friends who do not believe in Jesus, they don't want to be associated with Christianity. I don't think they would say first and foremost, the Christian church is a loving community. And that is a problem. We have got distracted from our original mission. We are off brand with Jesus. So over this series, we're going to talk about rebranding church. We're we'll doing the church rebranded, but don't panic. Not Nothing new. We want to suggest we revert back to this original brand of Jesus. Um, maybe we should have called it Reverting Christianity, but that would have been a stupid title. So we didn't go there. Um, we need to be a community of people who talk like, who walk like, and who love like Jesus. Oh, no. Okay. I've got my notes wrong here. And we need to head back to our roots. Um, here at Holy Baptist, we are sort of strap line, is we want to be a vibrant community where everyone is welcome lives are changing and jesus is king and i think that's on brand i think you know to be the salt of the earth and the light in the darkness just like jesus was um is what we are striving to do i don't think as a global community of jesus followers we're there at the moment in in being um, like that but i am pleased to say in this room if you're watching online welcome by the way i didn't welcome you um if anybody's connected to our church my experience is we are love oriented people um, so please don't leave thinking like, "Oh my goodness, Dad really hates us today, and he thinks we're terrible Christians." Like, and I'll include me in when I talk about you. I'm talking about me as well. Um, I love everyone in this church most of the time. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I hope, I think, I would imagine that when people meet you, and hopefully when they meet me, um, they're pleasantly surprised to find out that we follow Jesus. Because I think as a group of people, more often than not, we're probably on brand, and I. Th- but I think, unfortunately, to be on brand with Jesus, to be in line with being loving like him, is unfortunately rare now from people that are Christians nowadays. Um, or at least it's rare in the experience of the majority of the people at least in the UK and probably in the Western churches who only see maybe what's on the news. And I went on BBC News this week and typed in just, I think it typed in church. And all the, like the 50 articles that came up, all of them every single one of them was either about like historical cases of ch- ch- child or spiritual abuse. Oh my goodness. Or church roofs that needed, needed repairing or had been repaired. And everybody was really happy about that. And I thought like neither of those are good. They're just so off brand. Like so both of them so off brand. Um, if we're thinking about church a brand, none of those represent Jesus's brand of love, being loving in the community very well. Um, so what on earth? Has happened is the question that we're going to explore now. And these funny looking guys, I'm going to talk about them. I think a few factors have distracted the church from the heart of God. Um, In a similar way to the Pharisees, this is a picture from the film, The Passion of the Christ, and these guys were the Pharisees. Um, They were kind of knocking around at the same time as Jesus. They were the religious leaders of their day, of the Jewish community. Um, And their job was to lead and educate the Jewish people on sort of God's law, how to, how to live and follow and lead a life that God is really pleased with. Um, if we're going to be God's people, we need to do what he expects. And it was their job to kind of keep that on people's hearts and in their minds so they can enjoy life as God's chosen people. And Here's what Jesus said about them to the crowds. This comes from Matthew 23. It says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. They're very important people. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries, which is things they would bind around their arms and around their head, um, very wide. And they wear these special garment things. They is to make their tassels and their garments very long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others and to be called rabbi means teacher. Um, so it's the Pharisees job. It was their job to teach the people. So they, you know, people call them teachers, not inappropriate. They did that. Um, it's their job to teach and uphold God's law. Um, but in their kind of zeal to do a good job of this, They got a bit carried away, I think, with themselves um, in trying to make the rules really clear. They start what they start to do is add like caveats and extra rules on around them, so that people really couldn't break the law of God. They could really make sure um, any grey areas, like let's make these really black and white, and let's add things in. And they also took it upon themselves as custodians, kind of, of the tradition of God's law, um, to keep everyone on the straight and narrow. And it was their job to tell people. Um, when they're in the wrong and uphold the consequences of breaking the law. Um, and I think as they did that, they kind of began to puff themselves up a bit um, and enjoy being the pillars of community that they were, a little bit too much maybe. Uh, it's funny, you read the Gospels and they often come across as the bad guys. If it was a panto, we'd probably boo and hiss at them. But I think their hearts, maybe their hearts were in the wrong place. I don't think I can say they were in the right place. But they started from a good place, started from a good place. They wanted people to follow God and to do it really well because that's what God wanted for them. They just, they took the wrong approach to the right task. I think that's what they did. And Jesus, let's take a look at what he said to them because he was very cross with the way they did things. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law, which is something we should say more, I think, woe. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. And if you don't know what hypocrite is, I mean, at at this time, literally, there were street actors, people that acted in the street like just did little plays and stuff. So he's saying, <coughs> excuse me, you are pretending to be what you're not. You are hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter and nor will you let those enter who are trying to. And then Jesus goes on and he really lays into them. He calls them, not obviously rude names, but horrible names. Um, he's really, really cross. Why is he cross? Because they're making it difficult For people to come to know god when coming to know god should be the easiest thing anyone can do that was that was the mistake the pharisees were making they were making it difficult for people to come to know god the pharisees spent their time telling people how to make themselves ready to be loved by god and what they should have been doing is showing people how ready god is to love them let me say that again because i'm really happy with this line The Pharisees were spending their time telling people how to make themselves ready to be loved by God. When what they should have been doing is showing people how ready God is to love them. They had moved away from God's heart. And in doing so, we're not only stopping other people from finding God's love, but they were stopping themselves from knowing it too, which made Jesus to say the least very upset. You should go and read Matthew 23. I read it this weekend. He really gets cross with them. They got distracted from their original mission. And we're not beyond that. You know, Personally, collectively, globally as a church, we are not beyond being distracted. Some of the things that distract us, let's have a look. I've got four things, I think. Here's our distractions. Sometimes the church, global church, is more interested in being right about things than in being loving about things. Everybody loves to be right. Am I right? And we have the truth. Like, I'm not saying we're not right. And that's not what I'm saying this morning. you know, we have God's truth as a people. Right? We understand God has given us the Bible and he's given us the Holy Spirit so that we can have the truth in our lives. But we also need to have grace. Um, and John one seventeen it says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It says grace and truth. So we have the truth. We also have to have grace. And I don't think it's an accident that grace comes first in that statement. I think it's there to remind us When in those moments when you really want to give someone God's truth and you want to set them straight about something, and you think you're absolutely wrong about this or I uh, can't agree with you about this. uh, We have to remember to get grace in first and to be gracious, because if we forget grace, then no one will give us the time of day to hear about the truth of God that we have in us. Being loving has to be our default over and above being right about things that's my first suggestion that we get distracted by as a church the second thing is politicizing our christianity versus just representing king jesus and i say king jesus because it's it's a bit of a weird phrase and i I probably wouldn't say to some of my friends like i follow king jesus but it's helpful in this this kind of context this is a massive problem in america i think bigger than maybe for them than it is for us Um, historically it's been an issue in other countries like I lived in Northern Ireland for about five weeks and I talked to people there about the troubles they had and all the history of that and I asked the question was it a religious thing or was it like a political thing and everybody gave me a different answer like it was really complicated I think Um, and that can be what happens if we politicise our Christianity we get off brand. we get distracted by um, aligning ourselves to specific political values or ways of thinking or parties even i've been to churches before where they've told people the way to vote and i think i don't think this is what jesus wants us to talk about necessarily because what happens when we do that this is why i think we shouldn't do it what happens when we do that is we alienate 50 percent of the population like and that's that's so far off brand um i don't think it's helpful Uh, again i love our church i don't think this tends to happen in our church i'd like to think in this room is probably represented a very wide spectrum of different beliefs politically, personally. Um, I think we're all united in Jesus. I think we love Jesus. We want everybody to know Jesus. Um, and I think we are aware, and this is what the way the church, the way I think the church needs to go is to remember we represent King Jesus. He is above everything else. We're citizens of heaven. We live in the earth. We're like, we're not of the world but we are in the world the bible says we are in it and you should have opinions you should have political views you must vote This is very important um if you don't then you cannot complain about anything in this country um i'm not saying don't be political that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is first and foremost we follow king jesus and we want to make sure he is we have we have a you know be able to speak into the lives of everybody and as soon as we try align in christianity with whatever X party or X belief, um, then we draw the people's eyes away from King Jesus to, hmm, I'm not sure about the things that we're saying King Jesus believes. Um, we serve a king greater than all kings and we need to hitch our allegiance to him above all. I think that's why I'll just leave it there. Not any specific political allegiance or ideals. We also get distracted by being self seeking rather than self sacrificing. Now, again, I think our, in our church, we're not perfect. I keep talking us up. I think we do well, but uh, we can be quite self-sacrificing. And this week, I've mentioned if, if you're online, you didn't hear. Um, earlier this week, um, we went out on Halloween when everybody's trick-or-treating locally and we just gave stuff away and we just wanted to bless people. Was, and the, the 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 majority of people responded by saying, how much is the hot chocolate? Oh, it's free. I can't believe you're giving away free hot chocolate. They just couldn't believe that we were there just wanted to bless people. As a church, we put a big banner up. They knew we were from Holy Baptist Church and you can see people thinking, this is surprising, that the church would come out on Halloween and give away free stuff and be part of what we're doing. And I think people might have opinions about doing that and that's fine. Um, people were encouraged that we were blessing them and they, say, they couldn't believe we were giving away. And it's, it's sad, a little bit sad that they're surprised. Like That should be what we're known for. and I don't think it is. COVID, was a tricky time for the church globally um again i think it was a it was it was an awful time for the world but i think in in our church we learned a lot we just managed to grow a little bit um and we we were able to bless our community in a few different ways and it was quite positive apart from obviously the pandemic um but because we, we stuck to lockdown restrictions um there were on the media i remember seeing so many churches who Refused to stop meeting, or they wouldn't wear masks. Again, probably big thing in America. Um, and the churches in the West really didn't—we didn't show our best selves as a brand. Um, and the whole goal was to flatten that curve. if you were, I've matched everybody was there. Flatten the curve, protect the vulnerable in our society. Like, why would we not sign up to do that? Like, that's what Jesus was about, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and unfortunately, I think as a collective group, maybe because of the media, we kind of gave the impression that our right to meet and our right to decide whether we wear mask was more important than some people's right to be well or to, to live even. Um, you know, we should be willing as a people to lay down our lives for the benefit of others. That's what Jesus did. That was his whole thing, is he gave up his life so everybody else can know God. That's what he was about. And anything, anything that's not that, it's just a distraction. We need to be willing to be self-seeking. Now we need to be self-sacrificing, not self-seeking. The last distraction I want to talk about is being driven by fear instead of being driven by love. And I think there's a lot to be afraid of nowadays. You know, there's so much going on in the world that is scary. The world is a, it's a tricky place to live. I think the world at the moment. And parents, we're afraid for our kids. Like, oh my goodness, you're going to grow up in this world. I'm afraid of that. Grandparents, you're afraid of your, for your grandkids. If you don't have kids, maybe you're thinking, at least I don't have to worry about my kids um, in this kind of climate. But the thing about fear, and if you did any psychology ever at all, like you'll know it, it invokes two responses to people. If someone comes at you, you're gonna do one of two things. You know what they are, fight or flight. And neither of those is good. Especially if, so if we're afraid of other people, and I think, I think that's kind of the culture a little bit is like, we're Christians and everybody else is like, not that. So it's us against them. That can be the way even I sometimes feel. And I think that is the driver of that is fear. And I was, if I think like that, then I will see everybody that's not like me as either a, uh, an enemy or a threat that I need to get away from. Um, and this culture of fear is creating that, that us and them mentality. And there's, there's Christians and there's not Christians or other people. Um, and that, the thing that distracts us in that situation is there's no us and them. It's all us. We're all human beings. We all need God. Some people don't want God. That's fine. But everybody needs God. Um, and the only difference between us and people that don't follow Jesus is that we decided to follow Jesus. There's nothing special about me something special about the life I lead, I just decided, you know what, I'm probably not the best person I can be. And if there is a God out there, he might not be very pleased with the life I lead. I think I need someone to save me from myself. And Jesus is the person I decided to follow. That's the only difference. And if you're here this morning, and you don't follow Jesus, don't go away thinking Christians think they're better than you because they shouldn't do. They might do, but they shouldn't do because the only difference between me and you is that I maybe to say you know jesus i need your help because i don't think god would be very happy with me as an individual but you offer me kind of a freedom from that and that is the, that's the difference everybody there's a guy called paul who wrote lots of letters we read in the new testament and he said all of us have fallen short of god's glory nobody in here can say i'm a better person or god loves me more all of us have fallen short of god's glory and everybody needs to know Jesus' love. We all need God's love and he offers it freely to everyone. And that includes everyone. one. So, the church has got a bit distracted. We're kind of off-brand. That's a bit of a problem. What are we going to do about that? And I'm nearly done. We've got to get back on program. Over the next month, we're going to do this whole series. Martin's here next week talking about um, like more in detail what we can do. I've got a few things I want to suggest at the end here. The first is just pay attention. Pay attention to the way you speak. Pay attention to the way other people speak. Pay the people on sound on this stage. Pay attention to how they speak. And if you're listening to Daz thinking Daz is off-brand, this is this is distracting. The things he's saying are not good. Come and speak to me. It's absolutely fine. Um, if anybody's getting distracted, just give them a little nudge. Say, Oh, I don't think. I think we need to be a bit more about love on this. Or think we're like we're getting a bit distracted by this thing. The next thing attention i tried to make them all p words so we start with pay attention pray oh my goodness i was sat thinking about this so much this week and there were points when i thought man the church is in so much trouble god like what are we going to do it feels overwhelming overbearing unconquerable it feels unconquerable i think we're just on that downward slope going to decline i don't understand but it's not it's not that way for god he's not he doesn't stress like i stress he doesn't stress like maybe you stress he doesn't want to see the church ruin itself. Um, so let's not forget to talk to him about it. Let's pray and let's do that. I should put that as number one, really. I'm regretting that instantly now. Um, let's pray, don't forget to pray. And the last thing, and this is a weird one, but I'll, let me explain, is the paddle. So I went on holiday in September. Um, for the first time ever, I took a surfing lesson, which is super fun, you should all do it. Um, but when you surf, you take a, a board, I mean, I assume you know what surfing is, take a board, you go sort of into the sea, you fight through the waves and they're crashing on you. Um, then you get through that bit at the beginning where so they're really breaking. You jump on the board, you paddle like, oh my goodness, you paddle hard out to what they call uh, the lineup, which is normally is loads of surfers all sitting on their boards in a line. And that's the point where the waves kind of start to break and you jump, you get on them. And yes, so you turn towards the beach and you sit and you wait for like the wave to come and you pick one and you go for it. And it's like, it's, you should definitely go surfing. I loved it every second. It was great, but it was exhausting. And even then, when you sat on the board waiting, what happens is you're sort of waiting for a wave and you're looking, looking, and you're distracted by that. And you don't realize the current is pulling you out. And then all of a sudden you think, oh, I'm not in the right place. I need to paddle. You have to paddle. Even more paddling. And it's even more exhausting. And you're so tired. But there's no alternative. You have to- If you want to be in the right place, you have to paddle. You just have to do it. It's hard. It's exhausting. But you have to do it if you want to be in the right place. And I think that's, you know, you can I talked a lot about the global church. And you might be thinking, what on earth can I do to impact the, the brand of the global church? And I think all we can do is paddle, is make sure we are in the right place. So every time you think like, oh, I'm not quite there, I need to paddle forward a bit. get I had an instructor and um, what he would do, because I'm so distractible, I'm looking for waves and I wanted to hit the big one. So I was really looking. And he would just be shouting in the middle of the time, you've gone too far out. there. That's so I come back in. I had to keep paddling in, paddle, paddle, paddle. And we as a church need to listen for the voice of Jesus calling us back to be in the right place so that when that wave comes, we're ready to crest it and have the best time ever. So I think we need to do, I think we need to pay attention to how we speak, how we think, how we think, we need to pray and ask God, and we need to be ready just to do our bit and to paddle, to so get ourselves into that right place where Jesus needs us to be back on course in line with him and his purposes. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. And we really pray that you would help us to do our part in your church, in your body, your bride that you love so much. And sometimes I struggle to love the church when I see on the news all the things People have done it in history or people are doing right now. And I think no, they're getting it wrong. Why are we doing this? Lord, help us to have a heart of compassion, to really care for your church and for your reputation and for your brand. And when we get distracted, Lord, help us to pull ourselves back. Help us to paddle through the waves and get in the right place to join the lineup with you and all those who are doing your work. Because we want your kingdom to grow. We want more people to know you and to be loved by you because you are so ready To love them. And all we have to do is show them that. All we need to do, Lord. Lord, let us go from this place changed um, by the idea that you're just so ready to love people. And we can be, all we have to do is be driven by love and show that to them. And we ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. How well do you think the church globally represents Jesus' brand of loving God and loving others? How well do you think you represent Jesus' brand of loving God and loving others? Which distractions catch you out being right or politicising faith matters, being driven by fear or being self-seeking? What work do you need to do to get yourself back on course?
1: So that was really interesting. It I found actually, really interesting. I and, it really um, interesting. And some of the points that mm. Daz drew out, and actually it was quite nice to hear that a lot of the time um we feel that we are we're doing it okay. We're, we're, we're trying our best mm. to be an appropriate branded church in Holy Baptist Church. So we thought we'd discuss um, question two in a bit more depth, so it should come up on your screen how well do you think you represent jesus's brand of loving god and loving others how well do you think you represent jesus brand of loving god and loving others and and if you're not necessarily somebody who's following god at the moment or believes in all of that but you're just searching and you're having a listen to this then that's about how well are you loving others so mm. it's still it still relates to to how do you think you're doing how do you think you're managing that and we were just talking weren't we we were just saying some people are easier to love than others. They are. <laughs> and so it's really challenging because, actually, when you're, I don't know, your family, um, your friends, the people that you um, are naturally surrounding yourself with, that would be people that you have similar interests mm. in, that you like, mm. that you care for, um, even they can be sometimes a challenge to love yeah, if they've, if they've set, done something to hurt you. Um, but there are other people that maybe your personalities just don't connect, you find them a bit more challenging could be work colleagues yeah. it could be strangers how do you how do you love that person who's cut you up in on the street yes, on the, exactly. on the, in the car exactly. how yeah. do you have that because our default if let's face it our default is when we feel like we've been wronged it's not to out with you go and love exactly. somebody no, no, you do. <laughs>
2: um
1: so how do you feel you get on with that how what what do you think sue how's i think we had similar thought about that didn't we
2: <laughs> we, see, we did and, and i think as you were saying though that i think actually um one of the things that does said do is pray about things actually mm. Mm. there are moments where we're challenged ourselves where we're not feeling hundred percent ourselves so it is harder to go out and love people if you're feeling a bit fragile yourself actually. Yeah. so I think we have to pray to yeah, continue because actually it can be quite it can be quite difficult yeah. isn't it because mm. if you're not feeling loved
1: mm. by others, others or feeling judged or un- unloved then to love them back is very difficult. And if you're feeling vulnerable yeah. to show that love and it's going to get thrown back in your face, yeah. that can be quite difficult and it can be quite yeah. hurtful and it could put you in a place yeah. of quite feeling yeah. quite vulnerable, quite insecure, low yes. self-esteem, anxious. Because I know people, a lot of people suffer with anxiety and things.
2: Yeah. Um I think a yeah. lot depends on the on the particular situation. So yeah, you know, if work is really stressful and people are irritating you at work, you have your own means of managing yeah, that actually,
1: yeah
2: but if, if you're being cut up in the street and think
1: <laughs> hmm because you do feel it's probably to, to flush to anger isn't it or yes. flush to that frustration yeah, um, yeah and I think also um, it does depend on where where you're at and if you mm. if you felt loved if you felt truly loved then you can know how good that feels to maybe want yeah. to reciprocate that but if you've been in a position where you've not really felt like you've felt mm. that love it can be hot. it's like how do you show that how do you show something that you don't know what it feels like I think it can be it's quite a challenging one we were talking also about the sort of there's a lot of um it's come across society around being kind and it came particularly out of when sadly Caroline Flack um decided to end her life um that actually one of the the sentences she said and you know was about being you know you don't know what other people are going through mm-hmm. you don't understand what the other people are going through so above all else be kind yeah. and I think um, there's society have grasped that being kind but I think actually there's still an element where that's still not a default it's really easy to jump on the bandwagon of when people are having a moan about a character that's quite difficult maybe it's yeah. at work and you think well, yeah they are really difficult mm-hmm. and, and even if that's genuinely the truth maybe about that person you can see it's not myself. the loving it's not exactly. the loving response and and i think we've all probably have been guilty of being sucked into that way of oh, yeah. behaving around you know somebody who's just maybe frustrating or or even actually i think so a lot of people can struggle to love themselves yes
2: and that i think probably that's a, where it comes from. you i think first you have to love yourself first love god and love and yourself talking about feeling loved i think don't feel love from god i think it's knowing yeah i think it's being secure and knowing that he loves you because you don't feel it but it's actually i think you've got to love yourself first yeah and i
1: think and i think you know when we read that reading earlier and i think and and Daz also read it in the the talk about love your neighbor as yourself well if you don't love yourself you're not going to be very kind to your neighbor so it's actually quite a mindset to get yourself into to think about you know when you look in the mirror you know, actually i do love myself i love mm. the way um you know i am dressed today i love the way that i am with my friends and family mm. and it's just about that starting point and there might be you might find very few things that you you because i think we all default to self-criticize yes. first because yes. it can sound a bit arrogant you might think it must be arrogant mm. to love yourself but actually if we don't if we're not gentle to ourselves we're not kind to ourselves we're not recognizing oh, when we need rest a time out um, some solitary time maybe because people are too much if you're in a you know we would, were both in jobs where we're around people a lot and sometimes it's we need some time just to recover by not being around people mm-hmm. and that's not because we don't love them it's because we do love them and actually we're not going to be our best selves if we're yeah. constantly surrounded by yeah. people and we just become irritable and mm-hmm. like I've, I've I've spent myself and now I can't mm-hmm. do it anymore so I think um, Daz came up with some really good next it, tips yeah next steps that you can think about so praying if you're not praying maybe it's about reflecting thinking on what your behavior is like at the moment how are you responding to people are you being that loving person um paying attention to your actions so i think even this is something very simple to do this week you might know there's one person around you that really irritates you you might think well how am i let me just catch myself, yeah. take a moment, think before I speak, think before I act. Do I need to just take a step away and have a pause um, in what's happening? And that paddling, I did like that paddling that's story. great, actually. Just, yes. you know, being able to keep working at it because yeah. we're going to, we, we all have our bad days, we have off yeah. days. And on those off days, we're probably very unloving to most of the people that yeah. in contact with us, yeah. if, that's, if we're truly honest. And it's about, that's not, doesn't mean that, okay, I've done that now. That's obviously how, okay, who I am. Exactly. It doesn't have to be define defining who you are. So it's just like I've had a rough day. day. That was a bad day. Put it chalk it down to that. Let's let's paddle to get back in the right place. So those are some really good next steps.
0: That was today's episode of the Holy Baptist Church podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus. Hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us. Got questions at holybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Holy Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Holy Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Holy Baptist Church podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.